With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to uh, give a little reminder to all of our Creighton listeners that when you wash your red Husker volleyball shirts, use cold water for the first few washes. Helps prevent uh, the colors from kind of bleaching out and staining everything else you have. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also with Redcast Rob. Hey, guys, in case any of the uh, Husker media is listening to our show, the appearance of my family before the show to come in and say hi to everyone was absolutely staged. <laughs> <laughs> Just reassuring us that the Redcast Rob family is happy and healthy up there in Greeley. And we have a very special guest tonight. Um, he has his own show. I think it's called the Go Big Redcast. Uh, Honky, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I, I'm Honky. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, hey, I've been playing uh, my Nintendo. I brought that out and I've been playing some Tecmo Bowl. And then in honor of the Buffalo Bulls coming here, I took the Bills, Dave, your team oh, yes. from back in the day. and. I'm six games in, and I already have a thousand yard rusher and two thousand yard receiver. So pretty proud of my uh, performance. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, uh, Honky, tell us uh, uh, this Redcast show. I mean, what's it all about? Is it a highly successful podcast? You guys just start off recently. What's what's going on with Redcast? Well, you know, it's four uh, lifelong friends from Columbus, uh, Nebraska, that uh, you know we we talk Husker football and uh, and Husker basketball, baseball. You know, we kind of do all that. If I would have had my way, we would have been called the Platte County Boys. Uh, I had a great design that graphic designer Swobes. Uh, he, outline, uh, Platte yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an outline of Platte County and in neon, and it kind of had our faces in it. And he said no. So very early on, I knew I wasn't going to get my way. All right. Well, uh, it's good stuff, Honk. Good stuff. Uh, this is the Betcast, though. We'll be uh, breaking down all the Big Ten games and some of our best bets of the week. Uh, Producer Skip has some other obligations, uh, but um, he'll be back next week, I would imagine. I do have a few of his bets, though, guys. So once we get to our best bets, Skip will be well represented. Um, uh, Before we get to that, though, let's talk a little Husker football since Honky is with us. And we did see Nebraska victorious on Saturday versus uh, the Fordham Rams, 52-7. A little slow start, though. Right. Uh, Boomer, uh, Rob, I don't know. Were you uh, getting a little nervous there when they had that uh, uh, field goal attempt that could tie it at 10, 10? Yeah. I don't know that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, was, I don't know that nerves would be the thing that, that I would have called it. Um, for me, it was just a little bit more disappointment um, because I really feel like the first couple of drives uh, for Nebraska just, kind of felt ho-hum I don't know how else to describe it the game obviously picked up a lot I mean the the amount of rushing attempts um I I could just see honky smiling the the entire time like in my head because I think they ended up with like 65 rushing attempts or something like that for the game yep, um 
Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but when they were going to tie, I mean, yeah, I, I was just thinking like, oh God, this is like, I'm never going to hear the end of this, um, from anybody I know anywhere living here in Colorado. <laughs> um, but then the game played out exactly the way that we thought it would. Everything worked itself out. Um, I think that maybe the Huskers themselves had some of those weird doubts in their heads to start the game. And hopefully the way the game ended, um, gave them a lot more confidence because they're going to need it going in against Buffalo this week. They are favored by like 13. I think it is right now, but um, you know, they just need to continue the momentum. They had the last three quarters of that game, essentially. Boomer. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, you know, it, it was worried so much. I mean, they were in on FCS team with just not a lot of players there. I was just kind of more annoyed, I guess, with how the, the Huskers came out. They just seemed really flat you know, that first quarter and a half almost until they start finally caught fire and started rolling. I thought we'd see a little more, you know, fire coming out of it. You know, some of the players had talked about, you know, having that home electricity, you know, for a game, trying to reset the season here and just kind of starting sluggishly. Yeah. I thought we'd see a little more fire just right out of the gate. And that's, you know, something they've got to work on. They can't play like that against everybody and hope to get rolling. But like Rob said, they did pick it up and finally did what, what they should have done the entire game against an FCS team like this and ended up steamrolling them in the second half, but just, just kind of a sluggish start. And you don't want to see that week to week. So they can't do that much longer. So I will yeah. say this, I will say this, that, that kid, Ryan uh, Greenhagen from Fordham, the kid yeah, I think had he made about 30, 90% of the tackles, 31 yeah. tackles. He had 31 tackles for Fordham and like 14 solo and one sack and one tackle for loss. And it's funny, like on, I, I know, uh, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people are joking, going like, I can't believe we didn't recruit this kid, you know, like <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> for Demon, you know? and, and at first I was just like, what, like thinking, is there some kind of Nebraska tie in for, and then I realized like, Oh, sarcasm, Rob, because of course I'm taking everything too seriously in life these days. Hockey, uh, you are actually at the game. Uh, you brought your son Alex there for the very first time. Uh, it had to be a pretty cool experience. Um, but I think he was disappointed with the rushing attack uh, as well because you guys left sometime in the second quarter, right? Yeah, he doesn't love fireworks. And uh, this was a game that we had, I guess, in a good way, a lot of fireworks, uh, especially as uh, we got into the second half and, and we weren't there for that part. But yeah, we made it till uh, right after the 17-7. We scored that touchdown. That's when we headed out, um, and I could listen to it on the way back to the car. Um, it was a great day. I mean, it was a beautiful day out. It was awesome to get to take Alex there, and uh, it was a very cool uh, moment in that way. Um, you know, the game, it was what – it is what it is right now. We're I don't think we're a great team, and so that showed up right away in the game, right? But – uh, we didn't make too many mistakes early on. Like we got the turnovers, not them. And, or we got turnovers from them. I guess we weren't giving them. And that made the huge difference, right? I mean, we get that interception when they were driving on us, we blocked the field goal and that was a big deal for us. And so that allowed us to, to finally get a little bit of momentum. And once we got that, that last drive of the first half, I thought was a really good drive. That's one of the best ones I've, I've seen us do in, in a long time. Things look pretty smooth. Torre is legit. And I think Torre is going to be someone that's going to be a, a, a problem for teams this year. And that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, I just right now, I, I don't feel like we we're just not a very dominant team. And so you come out there and you just want to see us just bowl over them. 
and get, you right. know, six, seven yards a rush. That's not happening right off the gate. And probably one of the more disturbing things on their part was they were getting five yards of play on us, on our defense throughout the game. So, you know, they're able to move the ball, but we made enough plays, enough stops, got the turnovers when we needed to, for, you know, got the, the uh, field goal block and, you know, really kept them out of the end zone that way, kept them off the scoreboard. And eventually our depth wore them out. But I think, you know, everybody thought that we'd be playing backups a lot earlier than we a lot earlier than we were. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's 52 to seven. It's a, it's a victory. And I mean, by all means celebrate every one of these right now, but um, I'm still a little beat up from the Illinois game, as you can tell. And there's, <laughs> there's something that I thought we were going to see in this team in, in the first two weeks that I'm just not seeing yet. Yeah, no, it's well said on. Um, it does seem like, you know, the offensive line right now still is struggling a little bit. And I think we talked about that a little bit, like, you know, that might might be a possibility just considering it's probably one of the younger position groups, um, mm-hmm. especially from starting position, right? Um, but it has been a little beat up um, and just not very consistent on that left side in particular, it feels like. And I think that will be a, a key matchup this week against Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo does have a pretty good defensive line. It's probably the strength of their team. And so um, if we can pass protect and, and run block and actually get our offense moving, that's going to be a good sign for, for things to come. Um, you know, I, I think it's the opposite on, on the, the other side of the ball. Buffalo's offensive line is very inexperienced. I'm, I'm listening to all the local radio shows and whatnot, and everybody's like, oh, man, Buffalo. I mean, Rob mentioned the 13-and-a-half point line. Uh, that's on this game opened up at 11 um, moved up to 14 I think now it trickled back down a little bit to 13 and a half and I'll be like wow how are we going to cover that like I I don't know I'm not going to take the the bet that's for certain but uh, that Buffalo offensive line uh, has got I think going into the the season at 12 or 13 starts behind it and I don't think um, starting against Wagner is really going to make any difference and so it'll be our defensive line pressuring up against uh, that young Buffalo offensive line, which they're going to want to run the ball. Um, and so that should be interesting to, to see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a physical team for a group of five and, you know, this is not just your average group of five team in that sense. I, I think a lot of times group of five teams come out and they, maybe they have some, some real good skill players and they can kind of spread you out and do that kind of deal. Buffalo can play right up against you. I mean, they, they're going to be physical. Their front seven is going to be real physical. Leopold left them pretty well, uh, I think, it, you know, especially in that front seven on the, on the defense, but they're, they're running backs. I mean, they're going to, they're going to challenge you physically. And I think it's a good development game for Nebraska. This one means more to me if we come out here and we smack them around right away. If that left side of the offensive line looks like it's gelling, we kind of said it coming into the season that as opposed to previous years where we started the season, you know, with Ohio state a year ago, we thought these first three games were really important to get that offensive line gelling by the time we're going to Oklahoma a week from now. And that still applies. I mean, this is an important game to get, you know, that, that O-line that much more fixed. Um, you know, I, I, I'll always keep my hopes up here. I know I'm, I'm sounding down from the first two weeks. I can't help it. I mean, I just, there's things I thought I was going to see that I haven't seen up to this point, but it doesn't mean it can't happen this week. And it doesn't mean that we can't get developed and in and have something that I think can look pretty good by the time we get to Norman, but uh, they're going to be challenged this week. And I mean, I want to see how these guys come out of the gates right away. I mean, hitting in, and I mean, I, I loved, for instance, something I loved last week, the wide receiver blocking, 
I mean, that was that came through multiple times on option plays where you're seeing Omar down the field blocking. I've seen Tory blocking for uh, Austin Allen on some of those, you know, outs that they were throwing. I mean, that is a that's an area of clear improvement from what we've seen in previous years. So again, that's a it's a building block. It's finding something that uh, you know progress that we haven't had in the past. And I, I have to admit, I, I that part I, I was really impressed with. Yeah. And that was what I was going to bring up too, is let's try to look at some of the positives here too. Um, I mean, Martinez, he was 17 for 23, um, 254 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. That's a key thing right there. I don't care if it's Fordham, if it's anybody, no interceptions. Mm -hmm. He didn't look like he did against Illinois hundred percent. He had a QBR of 94.4, which is, is really good in my mm -hmm. opinion, especially for a college quarterback. We had 329 yards rushing, but, but, to that point, though, you look at where those yards are coming from. Step had 18 rushes for 101 yards at 5.6 per carry. You know, Smothers and, and uh, Torre each, you know, had a, like, what, three or four. We got Martinez only ran the ball eight times. That's key. He only ran the ball eight times, um, you know, and keeping it under 10 rushes a game. I think we've discussed that before. Like, that was key. Against Illinois, he ran the ball almost 20 times. Um, you know, and they 5.1 yards per carry. So you said they ran the ball, what, five yards? It was 4.6 yards per, per carry for them against us on 28 attempts. But then also the receiving, um, 304 yards receiving. You had Torre with 133 yards. But what I like to see here is you have Manning with three receptions for 54 yards at 18 yards a catch. You like okay. Omar? And, oh, it's interesting, Rob. And and Austin Allen had four catches for sixty-one yards at fifteen yards a catch. All right, that's huge. Betts had one catch for thirty yards. What that's telling me right there, and even Brown only had one one catch for eleven yards still. But that's five guys right there that are capable of getting at least you know the kind of yardage that you want to see out of your receivers. Right, that's five guys, and the top three of them are getting the types of yards that you want to see out of wide receivers consistently week in and week out. And those are the top three guys right there, Allen, Manning, and Torre, right? And if those guys are averaging well, like over 15 yards a catch each, that's the production that they're going to need all year. Yeah, and we didn't have Oliver Martin out there this week, actually, and hopefully he's back. So that would add a, a fourth name into that mix. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good point. Omar has had five balls thrown to him in two games, caught all five. Um, and to hockey's point, he's doing the right things out there with blocking. Uh, I think he's maybe getting 25, 30 snaps in a game. Maybe that keeps on going up a little bit. Um, he could be a, a big part of this offense by midseason. And I think, you know, they're they're kind of messing around with with how they want to use uh, Torre right now. Uh, they did some, uh, you know, option with them, run the ball a little bit, lots of stuff in motion. Um, it's kind of stuff they would do with Wandell, really, right, Hank? Yeah, and to that point, I'd rather see Torre being the guy out there versus Wandell in that same role, whether it's, you know, six foot three body going down the field or those option pitches that he was taking. Um, you know, he looks like a natural catching it and running with it uh, on those pitches. And he said he hasn't done that since high school. Um, but I, I really like that option game. I know they've said that it's something they can sprinkle in. It's not something that, you know, they run. Uh, it's not like a, they're not going to build a whole system around it, right? It's something they add to their right. existing system. And they've been doing that since Oregon, but quite honestly, I look at it and I'm like, that is something I would make that a core staple. I, it, I'm an option guy period, but I think that one of the things that can open up their run game is getting two backs on the field. And whether that back 
is Torrey or not, when they the the run game looks better when they get into a two back set. Uh, you know, flat out, I, I I'd love to see more Yant out there at times. And I, I've said this all offseason with Yant. He's a situational guy. Don't get me wrong. I've never I've never once said he's going to be a thousand yard back or anything like that. But opportunities to get him in the backfield next to you know, a, a Sevillon or next to a, a step or whatever as a fullback at, at, at times. That's the stuff that I, th- I still feel we're missing. When it's third and two and we're lining up in four wide receiver sets like we did on the, the fumble that Martinez had against Illinois, I'm pissed. I'm just fl- – I was pissed. Rob was right next to me. I'm pissed before they snapped that ball. I was looking yeah. at the, the – I was looking at third and two, and I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're trying to confuse the defense. You know, Frost came out after the game, and and he and he sounded like Callahan talking about how we lined up in a four wide receiver set, and and the defense, you know, was confused and tried to align to it. And it's like, well, who cares if the defense is confused if we can't execute it? And and so it's simplifying things. But I mean, but my goodness, say, saying simplifying things. I mean, we've been hearing that for years and years and years. We're just going to keep simplifying the the playbook. But you got to be able to execute what you're going to do and. Martinez, there's times he still looks just lost. Well, it's not just at times. He'll never be totally comfortable in a pocket. He's just not – I would be rolling him out and anything you can do to get him out of a pocket and, and more into open space when he's throwing the ball too. I mean, if he's going to sit in a pocket and have to sit there and read defenses, some of these plays either take so damn long to develop. I mean, we saw one of those with Omar going down the field, down the middle, and – and he had to get flushed out of the pocket, and we didn't have time to throw it to a wide-open open Omar, right? right. You know, whether it's the O-line issues of not being able to keep a pocket long enough. Or sometimes, I mean, when at that Illinois game, there's times where he's just standing in there forever. And it's like, dude, you got to make a move. You got to do something. You got to get rid of the ball. And if you're not seeing that thing open, you know, on his fumble against Illinois, uh, Omar Manning – or uh, uh, not uh, – Oliver Martin, Oliver Martin. Thank you. Gosh, Oliver That's Martin what I'm here for. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was supposed to be the guy that was, he was open for a second. They were going to throw it to him and he, he didn't, you know, he missed on it. And it's like, well, it's too late. Now you got to go run and tuck it and ball comes out, right? You got to be decisive. Ball's got to be moving quickly. And so if, if that's not happening now with Martinez, I don't have any reason to think that's going to happen. You just got, you have to call things a little different so that put him in positions where he's not, uh, you know, it where he's not in those spots where he's he's having to make those kind of decisions. Yeah, no, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. Well, um, you know, after Adrian exited the game with a, a comfortable lead, uh, we did get to see Logan Smothers, uh, Boomer. Uh, this first peak we had in with uh, Logan in real game action, even though it was against uh, Fordham. Um, and he looked all right. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he certainly showed he had some athleticism out there, you know, can certainly move around. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how much of a deep threat he is as a passer yet, so that's something that remains to be seen. But uh, I'm just happy to see a, a guy getting a chance in a backup role in a game that we can put a quarterback in and, you know, not because it's a controversy, it's just we're finally up on somebody. We can see somebody else you know, <laughs> have a chance to play. So that's, that that on its own right was, was a win on its own. But uh, – no, there's stuff there. I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow and, and get better, but at least there's, there's athletic ability to work with there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point there, uh, that one, Boomer, we didn't see a lot of subs in 
I, I can't remember, what was it, like 88 players might have saw action, something like that. But hockey, I read somewhere where, um, you know, you kind of forget, obviously, we opened the season with a Big Ten opponent. All of last year was Big Ten opponents. Um, the previous year, obviously, we would have ended with all Big Ten opponents. It had been a long time since we had played a non-conference foe, let alone a non-Power 5 team. Um, I was reading somewhere, I think, in, in Polini's first three three years, he played, you know, 12 non-conference games um, and uh, went 12-0 and in all of them or something like that. And obviously, uh, Frost had only done a handful, like six or something like that, right? So, I mean, it, it is a little unusual um, to, to go that long without having uh, an inferior opponent to kind of kind of work out some, some kinks. So, um, you have to take that as a positive. I, I do. Um, unfortunately, I think Illinois was an inferior opponent. But, you know, that's, that's just – Again, it is what it is. It, look, it is a feel-good game in no no other sense that we blew the team out. We played a lot of guys. We got backups in there. Logan Smothers is clearly the number two. That's something that was you know up for debate until you see him come out there as the backup, right? Harburg could have come in as a third. They are clearly holding him as a you know four-game red shirt, so they they didn't even put him in for that last snap. Masker got that one. So uh, you know, I, I mean, you, we learned a little bit more there. Smothers is, um, I think he has a lot of similarities and traits that Martinez has. Um, he's definitely, I mean, the speed is there. He's a, he's a fast quarterback. They ran some options with him. Uh, he turned his back on the one, and that's where he got, he fumbled it. I don't know what the backs are doing turning around. Like, saw some of the running backs doing the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? You know, you don't want to be running into defenders with your back. But, but uh, anyways, um, you know, I, but Smothers did. I mean, for his first time out there, four, seven, 50 yards. And, you know, he ran four times for 36 yards, nine yard average right there. I mean, he's, you know, he's got a, a there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it was a positive, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. to see, see uh, just him out there and executing the offense. Felt like he was quite uh, comfortable doing that. Uh, to Boomer's point, he may not have the uh, strongest arm, so that may limit uh, what he can do uh, with some of his passes. But, um, the rest of the offense is, is there, and it was good to actually see him do that. I'd love to be able to have another game this year, to your point, about Illinois not being as good as we made them look like, but maybe we can do that to someone later this year and, mm-hmm. and we can actually get them back in in uh, one of those situations. I had a question. Do you guys think we've developed or we know who, like, our you, – you referenced Donkey having two running backs back there. Do you think we've identified the, the top two running backs? I mean, it seems like – you know, Step was the go-to guy in this game, but it's like everybody else saw about five or six carries, and I don't know if we ever got a good feel for who a number two guy is yet. Do you have? Mm-hmm. Do you think anyone separated themselves yet at that? Or I, still, I don't need, still a work in I don't, progress. Yeah, I don't even know if Step has separated himself yet. I mean, I, I think Irvin will probably start again this week. Uh, Irvin still, I think, is our best blocking back um, out of, out of all of them, um, and he's a good receiver out of the backfield too. He, man, he needs to slow down a little bit. That's part of his issue. I mean, he finds the tackle. <laughs> and that's not what you want to do as a running back, right? I mean, he'll get in the hole, but, man, he'll, he'll cut right into, you know, where the, the defense is. And, and um, he'll, he'll slow down for him. I think, you know, Irvin's – there's a lot of talent there. Step, you know, he showed himself well there. And it was good to see Sevion get out there and, and get some snaps and get, get a couple touchdowns there. Um, I think that's really good for his – his, uh, you know, um, his confidence, uh, 
you know, I still like when I see Vermeer out there. The problem is you can only go so deep here. We've kind of said it all off season where it's like, I, I love having six running backs until you have to find ways to play six running backs. You'd rather just have one or two that just take off with it. Right. And I think that somewhere between step and Irvin and Morrison, you're going to find kind of those three. And I really like Yant in situational um, plays. I mean, I think he's a load to bring down and can be a real physical presence. And in those goal line and short yardage situations, that's what I'd like to see. If nothing else, if we could replace a couple of those third and twos where we're spreading things out and Martinez is having to run around and make plays, if we can just just show our physical dominance, that first touchdown that we had against Fordham, we tried to go three times up the gut with one back, and we're and we, it's not going to work. You know, we get to fourth and three or you know fourth and goal. I think we had like three yards for it. Was that it? And Martinez you know, makes an unbelievable play. He scores the touchdown, but I mean, that's, we had to work that hard against Fordham where it's like, in my mind, I'm like, goodness gracious, we can't get a couple tight ends on the field and we can't put Yant out there and we can't just bowl over these dudes. So well, to your point, Oh, sorry. Hans. No, no, no. I mean, that's, that, that's just, it's, it, it's, I think we're, I think we're going to get there. I do think we're going to get there. It's just, it's a little frustrating right now to see some of these, uh, the baby steps that we're having to take with this offense, I was hoping it would be further along already just with the, the experience back at, at quarterback and, and uh, at some of the talent that I think we have it. It's a talented running back group. It, it really is. There's a lot of good players there, but again, I guess to Boomer's question, I mean, no one has really solidified themselves yet. Step took a nice step there. He did. Um, and step, you know, he's, Look, you know, I, I think that he he showed himself well last week. He's definitely going to be in that rotation. There's no question about that. But uh, I still think it's going to be Irvin probably starting this week and and probably seeing the same kind of rotation this weekend. How how fun was that though when when Yank came in for that? I think it was one series where he got his five carries and they he got them all the way down to the goal line. I mean, he you know down mm-hmm. there and he and and that and I, I was I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I think it was like third and goal or three yards you know they were it's basically three yards from the goal line and they ran another like kind of like a uh, I think it was I, I don't know if it was like a swing pass or they just kind of ran the ball outside um, and I just wanted to see them try to pound it right up the middle you know and they just and they didn't and I was pretty disappointed with that because Yant you just saw him in there and he had like full control, just running the ball down their throats. And then all of a sudden they just, they don't give it to him and and he doesn't get the touchdown. And I think Smothers ran it in or something. He's bigger than some of their D linemen were. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I was just disappointed because I was just like you, I wanted to see them like use Yant in a different way because when we saw him in the spring game, you know, it was kind of like, wow, that guy could make a great fullback. Well, well, and here's the other thing too. And we talked about it all off season is that these are, different players than what we had a year ago different body types different options we didn't have a yant or a step last year to throw out there on the field so when we played Rutgers in the last game you're you're going straight from playing Mills and the second he comes out for any reason Wandell immediately becomes the guy now you know you see in a game like that how I mean we could go four and five deep and it's similar body types and big dudes I just I'd love to see yant play early in games in very situational short yardage things. I don't need to see him five or six straight plays on a drive. I don't really think of him as that kind of back. I think of him as 
we're going to get him out there on the field in very specific times. And maybe it's a, as a blocker, as a fullback and third and I, fourth, I, third, third or fourth and short, right? Like that's extend drives and, and show a little bit of physical dominance. We need it. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, turn our attention uh, to the Nebraska Buffalo betting lines. And as we had mentioned, I think this opened up at a, an 11, 11 and a half point spread for Nebraska um, and actually has moved up to, uh, well, at one point I think I've heard it was at 14. I've seen it at 13 and a half now for the last couple of days. Um, you know, Honky, if you had a hundred dollars, uh, would you uh, put, what would, how would you bet this game? Uh, <laughs> I'm the wrong, I'm the wrong guy to ask for, for betting questions. Right. Uh, you know, I, Right now, if it's at 13 and a half, I mean, that seems that seems about the, the height of what I would feel comfortable in right now, picking Nebraska. I, I think we can win by 10, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 points, something like that, I think. Um, we got to come out fast. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we can't be playing from behind. Uh, if we're going to establish the running game like we want to, Frost has come out. And he said multiple times now, we have to have a lead to be able to do that. If we're trying to come from behind, you're going to be seeing the ball thrown up in the air more. Um, I don't want to be seeing 40 plus passes like we had against uh, Illinois. That would not be a, a sign of, of a strength by us by any means. So I don't know. We've, we've got to come out early and, and they're, you know, they're going to try to run it on us right away. We've got to be able defensively to do what we did a week ago, which is find ways to get turnovers, on special teams, block field goals, do whatever it is, keep the points off the board from them so that if we do start a little slow on offense that we can, you know, keep chugging along. Yeah, no, actually, uh, that's a, like a lot more uh, analysts I, I, I would get from uh, you on a betting question, Honk. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, that's and that's do. actually, actually made some sense. Um, I, I do think that maybe 13 and a half is a little too much. I don't think it's a, a great bet. There's other better bets out there this week. Uh, but Boomer, you know, I mean, this uh, early in the year, you look at some of the uh, analytics, the uh, SP plus and all those type of things. And um, they don't have a lot of data to go off of. They're looking at last year's numbers. Um, and uh, they typically don't do very well versus Vegas early in the year that you want to use those type of things later when you have more data points. And uh, a lot of numbers say, hey, Buffalo is going to hang right with Nebraska. But I, I don't I don't think they're really taking into account uh, how much Buffalo has lost and and um, and how much uh, their new coaching staff has in front of them. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's one of those. Like you said, that's something the numbers from last year totally miss. It's hard to account for that. If you're just looking at, you know, raw data, raw totals you know, how they performed last season. It's, it's a whole lot of things that just aren't there this year that were last. Uh, it's not a game I would go out of my way to bet, especially the, you know, the 13 and a half. That's quite a few points. If you did want to put money down on this, I, the over-under is what, about 54 and a half you're getting in most yeah. places. I could see that going over fairly easily. I think you could see Nebraska getting mm. in the mid-30s in this, and then it's not asking a whole lot of uh, Buffalo to, you know, score 20 some points on there and you could still win the game pretty comfortably and get that over. So if you're going to play that, that might be my approach, but I'm, I, I don't bet Nebraska games anyway, just as a matter of principle. And like you said, this is just a lot of unknowns in this, you know, we've only 
we've had two kind of weird games against Illinois and Fordham, not sure what to make of us. And they only have the one game against, you know, Wagner. So the Seahawks. Yeah. Make of that what you will. So not a lot of data points and not a game I'd be overly keen on throwing a lot of money down on regardless. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. You know, Rob, I mean, actually it's interesting that Boomer says take the over, you know, if he was having to put money on this, uh, but um I'd actually probably look at the under because I just don't know. I have, I have a lot of faith in our offense to actually produce a lot of points. And I really think it comes down to both offensive lines against defensive lines that are probably better for them. So I don't know if the running game is going to be great on either side. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's going to probably bring down the, the total. And I think the, the under might hit um, your thoughts. I would be more apt to take uh, right now. All the lines are sitting at around 13 and a half. I think DraftKings was 13 and a half. FanDuel was 13 and a half. And I'm looking at college football news. They just put out the odds today with the over under at 55. Um, and I, if I, if, if I had a hundred dollars and you told me this is the only game you could bet on um, any way that you want to bet on it, I would probably take uh, Nebraska. I think they're, I, I think the first half or something like that spread is only like seven. Um, oh, or, yeah. you know, or, um, the 13 and a half really, I mean, I would probably put it on that and with, or the under of 55, um, right. I think, yeah, because I think Buffalo's defense deserves a little bit more credit than, than most people would probably tend to give them. Um, you know, they aren't a horrible defensive team, but you're, and defense is one of those things where even with a new coaching staff and they still have a lot of their old players still in there. I believe they still had, they had like 22 starters or something like, or 20 or 18 of 22 starters or something. I think I saw something like that. I, maybe I was looking at the wrong game, but um, they have 10 returning starters. Out of 22, was it 10 right? return? It was oh on 22. Okay. Sorry. Maybe it was the transfer portal. I get a lot of numbers. I was looking at, they, but even they so- lost over a dozen uh, players in the transfer portal after a light pole left, including okay. uh, six okay. of them going to camp but but even that defense is one of those things where it's easier defense is almost easier to maintain than than offense with a new coach right sure. so um and and they were a pretty decent defensive team last year if i recall so that's where that's why i would stick with the under yeah yeah i mean just to wrap this up um you know i i i would say that with uh maurice Lindquist, i believe that's the coach of buffalo um, he was going to be the co-defensive coordinator at Michigan, ironically. Um, before that, I think he was in the NFL as a defensive backs coach, had stints at A&M, a um, bunch of other places. Um, but he's really young. I mean, he, he's really – he's like 36, 37 years old. Um, and so I'll, I'll say this, is if, if Frost and his coaching staff uh, gets outcoached this week, um, that might be the most damning um, thing uh, that we would see because you have a, a very young head coach, no head coaching experience before this. He was a position coach um, and you yeah, have um, uh, a, a late transition. They didn't even have this team for spring ball. Um, and they had one game versus a very low FCS school in Wagner. Um, if we get out coached um, at home, um, against this Buffalo team, which I uh, did lose some key players from last year because of those transfers, uh, that would be a bad sign. So, I mean, I, I, I do think the 14 points plus or minus is about right, um, which is a sad thing to say. It shouldn't be that close, but it probably will be. Um, but if it's any closer than that, that's, that's a concern. 
All right. Well, Honk, uh, thanks for joining us. I know you are not a, a big uh, football gambler, so we'll, we'll let you uh, exit graciously. We're going to go through the rest of the Big Ten and, and get our best bets out. Well, well, thank you for having me on. I'm a loyal listener, and uh, you know it's, it's an honor to be part of the BetCast. Yeah, again, keep up the work with that, that, that podcast you have. I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be really successful. Well, thanks. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that was the Go Big BetCast. Honky joining us. Uh, let's dive into those Big Ten games. All right, guys? And uh, looks like um, – I hopefully I got these in order. I, I'm looking at uh, Miami of Ohio going to Minnesota, two 0-1 teams. Golden Gophers did ultimately uh, lose by uh, two touchdowns to Ohio State. That was a pick I had last week, uh, victory number one. Um, whenever you guys want to mention how well you did last week, you, you make sure you, you – you, draw attention to yourselves all right yeah we won't um, be doing much of that <laughs> um I, anyway. I admittedly did not bet um a lot on big team 10 games last week because there was a lot of big 10 versus big 10 games right so sure um, sure i just went with that the fact that they were conference games i i wouldn't have touched those with a, a big 10 foot put foot <laughs> right i think that's that's how you say it, Rob. Exactly. Yes, big ten foot pull. Okay. Um, well, anyway, Minnesota is a, a twenty point favorite uh, versus uh, MAC team Miami, the Red Hawks. Um, over under at fifty four. Uh, anybody having a, a sense on this one? Yeah, that's a game. I, I the Gophers always just seem to kind of play around whatever their opponent is somewhere in that range. So I, I don't know if I would trust them to score, you know, to really out blow out Miami of Ohio on this. Plus you're going to be trying to find that right running back to replace Ibrahim. Who's, you know, sucks out with an Achilles heel injury um, uh, for the season. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't put a whole lot of faith in a huge win for the Gophers on this, but they should win the game. But yeah, 20 is a lot of points. Yeah, you know, I mean, you do have to see how they replace uh, Mo Ibrahim, um, who was out for the year. Tough loss there. Um, had was having a great game versus um, Ohio State, 160 yards, I think. Um, geez, I mean, he had like 30 carries already. Um, but yeah, that's it's uh, a tough loss there. Uh, Minnesota did look good overall, though, right, guys? I mean, I mean, I'm I've, if you're if we were playing Minnesota this week, I would not be feeling too optimistic. No, they did. They looked good against Ohio State, um, and I, they even hung in there for a while. So it wasn't long time. It, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't one of those games where I was thinking, I, you know, um, I'm I'm pretty high on Miami of Ohio. Actually, I I had them in a parlay last week with the over of uh, 49 against uh, Cincinnati, and at the end of the game, Miami of Ohio, I think they they intercepted a ball and ran it in for a touchdown to give me the over, and so. Um, I was really big. I was texting back and forth. Then Dave's like, when did Miami score? Because Miami was actually playing, um, was it Alabama? Alabama. Time? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Dave's like, that score didn't change. What are you, what are you talking about, Rob? Like what, what, what can't, and I'm like, no, Miami of Ohio. And so I'm, I'm really high on them right now. And so what I would say right now <laughs> is bet the house on Minnesota. So probably right yeah probably right i mean they're miami of ohio having watched that game because i had a lot of interest in it one cincinnati is going to be a really good team this year that i know it's a little off topic about big Ten, but cincinnati is going to be a really good team this year um you know obviously that's not something 
big big news or anything, but I got to see Miami of Ohio play. Minnesota is going to kill them. I all think right, it's, all yeah, right. There's think... the inside uh, knowledge there from Redcast Rob. Uh, the other uh, big noon game. This is actually the big noon uh, kickoff, I believe, for Fox. Is uh, number three ranked Ohio State at home versus the Ducks of Oregon, 12th ranked Oregon. Uh, who struggled a little bit last week versus a, a Fresno State team that had played in week zero. Uh, they also lost their um, five-star um, first-round draft choice, DN potentially, uh, Thibodeau. So um, it'll be interesting to see what Oregon looks like against Ohio State there in the shoe. Uh, uh, sp- spread very similar to the last week for Ohio State. Um, it's up to 14 and a half now. Um, I think it started a little bit lower than that. If you were out there early, you would have got this under two touchdowns over or under at 64. Anybody excited to get some action on this game? I'm not touching it. Um, I, I, uh, I, Oregon looked good against, like you said, Fresno state already had a week where they played a game. So they're coming in. Um, they were fired up for that game. Um, you know, I all over Twitter, Fresno State fans were just and Oregon fans were going back and forth. Um, it was kind of fun to watch because I had no, you know, skin in the game whatsoever. Um, and Fresno State hung in there against Oregon uh, for a long time. I mean, I think they came back there, I think, in like the third or fourth. So, um, you know, it, it, and it was a really good game. Um, I just think that Ohio State is in a class by itself. You know, they 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 kind of seem like they are a little tough against Minnesota, but in the end, I mean, they pulled out the win that everyone expected them to pull out. And um, I expect them to do the same against Oregon this week. Yeah, I actually agree, Rob. Actually, I would take this. This is one of my, my, my bets, even at 14, I think you still get at 14 in a few places. Um, I, I think they're going to take care of business at home uh, versus Oregon. And um, I think it's probably one of my, my best bets of the week. Boomer, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, it just depends. I think how much can Oregon get to Stroud if they can at all, you know, um, when he had time to kind of sit back there and throw and it, it seemed there would be times Minnesota would forget to cover that Olave, you know, which I would advise Oregon to do if that's what you, if you want to win the game. Um, so they you have know, so it, many receivers boomer, they I mean, do, it's hard they to do, cover all. it's hard to get them all. And, 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 but you know, Stroud's still new. He's learning. This is another big test for him. And that's a heck of a way to start your, your college career, you know, the big 10 team and playing Oregon right away. So I guess best way to learn by doing, uh, you know, if you could get this maybe closer to like 13 and a half, 13 points, I'd consider Ohio state 14 seems to be, you know, right around that number where, you know, you might get some junk late score by Oregon or something to, to ruin it for you. But, uh, if you get a little lower than 14 and a half, I think you might, might go Ohio state, but not a game yeah. I'd be super confident in. That's uh, what I was well, about to say too, is I, I, I would buy that game down to about 13 and a half and, and go with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a small buy here really at that point. Um, you get just simply increase your bet by a, a little bit and you get the same return and it's far more likely to, to win by um, uh, two touchdowns and not have a push or, or lose by half a point. So yeah, on DraftKings right now, you can buy it down to 13 and a half for minus 125. There you go. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Not at all. Nope. Uh, all right, guys. Um, another interesting one here, I think, is uh, Rutgers. Um, you know, I think a few of us won on Rutgers last week. Uh, Skip was high on them. Uh, I know I took that bet ultimately, and they routed Temple, and they are a two and a half point 
uh, favorites versus Syracuse. This is in the Carrier Dome, um, over under 52. But um, if Rutgers looks anything like they did last week, Boomer, um, I'm thinking maybe the Scarlet Knights might be a, a go-to team with uh, uh, putting money on this year. What do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting switch there just from, uh, you know, <laughs> our Cole mantra used to be just you can always bet on Rutgers to lose in you know, the last couple of times. But, man, they looked pretty solid that first game. Um, so, yeah, basically, I that was going to be one of my bets. I kind of like the Rutgers. You could get them at minus two in a few places yet. So I feel pretty confident on that. You know, it's just a field goal for a victory. I mean, Syracuse looked all right. They played Ohio, but, you know, it's the the fighting Frankie-less Ohio Bobcats. So, you know, you are automatically discount them a little bit this season. So, yeah, I, but, I got, uh, you know, Rutgers was able to, you know, rush for a couple hundred yards and a lot of touchdowns. And you got some guy, Noah Vedrill, who, you know, was okay. So. <laughs> so yeah I, I don't even think he got sacked last week if i remember right from what i saw on it so and a good good turnover margin so all the things you want to win and it was against a temple team that's you know decent or at least they had been so yeah i think no, they're I, down I, this year i don't think temple was a very good opponent but i don't think syracuse is a very good opponent no i don't think they are either and but yeah i think that's, that's one of my bets of the week go ahead and put put some money on red gears at minus two and i think it'll be all right what the heck why not just have fun early on so. Yeah, I actually got Rutgers at just tonight at uh, minus one and a half, I believe, on FanDuel. Even so. better if you can get that. Yep. yep. Yeah, right. I got them at two and a half. Uh, I got them at two and a half on uh, DraftKings. And um, again, I, we, we talked about this uh, before the season and our season preview, everything. This team is going to come out and play for Shiano. I think that they um, cover the two and a half spread easily. Um, I, I would go as far to say as I think they'll probably win this one by at least two scores. The over under is 52 and a half. Um, that's probably a good bet with the over as well, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's one of my best bets too. I think we talked about it before the show here that, that I've got them that game. And then it's also parlayed with a few other teams um, that I already put out there today when I was going through everything. So um, I think we all agree here that, that Rutgers is going to cover this one. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's uh, take a look at Purdue. Uh, 1-0 Boilermakers. Uh, they did beat Oregon State um, against 0-2 UConn. Um, the Randy Edsel-less UConn Huskies. Uh, Randy Edsel now out as the UConn coach. Um, <laughs> before the season barely begins, it feels like. Um I think he went six and 32 at UConn in the second stint. Um, so I don't know how they're going to recover from this, um, but uh, Purdue um, I'm, I'm reading this. It looks like it's actually in stores. Is that correct? Is that what you guys are seeing? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's at, at Connecticut. It's at UConn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that changes everything. I don't know if Purdue can cover the 34 point spread. Well, the altitude under. plays a big impact there. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be playing their third stringers by the second quarter. And, and uh, you know, I, I, this is a game I'm not going to touch at all. Um, 34 points. I mean, again, like I said, they're, they're going to be up probably three scores by the second quarter. Um, and then at that point, I mean, what's UConn really got to play for um, at this? I mean, they couldn't even, oh, head coach coach. A, they couldn't even give their coach a high five last week. I mean, that team was so discombobulated. It was like the Twitter meme of the week and, um, you know, the under 59, that might even be a big, a good bet as well. So, um, cause I don't think UConn's going to put up many points and Purdue is not laying 59 down on UConn. And if they do, I apologize to anyone who bets on this game, but if you're betting on this game, you probably shouldn't be betting at all. So. 
All right. All right. That sounds good. Um, well, uh, we also have uh, Ball State uh, going to Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State favored by 23 over under at 58. Uh, this is another Big Ten Mac uh, matchup. Boomer, what are you thinking there? Uh, yeah, that's a lot of points, uh, you know, coming off of what I saw in Penn State against Wisconsin. Their offense was kind of meh in that game. Granted, Wisconsin's defense is really solid, and I'm kind of guessing Ball State's not going to have quite that same oomph, but uh, 22 is quite a few points. I don't think I would put a whole lot of faith in Penn State coming out and winning that one, you know, by a, by a ton. I mean, Ball State's not going to be able to score much, but uh, yeah, I'm not – pretty interested in that game at all yeah I'll just let that slide yeah <laughs> that's fair to say that's fair to say I'm gonna avoid that as, as well I don't really think I like this game much um all right well uh, one of the premier matchups we do have is uh big 10 big 12 matchup uh in Ames Iowa with ninth ranked Iowa State hosting 10th ranked Iowa um this is like the First time these two teams have actually played ranked Boomer, I think, or something like that, or some crazy, crazy stat yeah, it like that. Wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a, a line Iowa State favored by four and a half, but Iowa looked very good last week against Indiana, um, dominant really. And outside of actually playing Nebraska close last year, Iowa has uh, really been actually taking it to most of their opponents over the last um, six to eight games. So a really interesting matchup here. And uh, one where Iowa State had struggled a little bit versus Northern Iowa, actually, last week. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Um, Boomer, you're you're thinking uh, Hawkeyes or or Clones? Yeah, I'm surprised Iowa State's favored uh, in this game, especially coming off of week one. This is a lot of, I think, uh, you know, coming off of last year's reputation. And maybe they're getting a lot of credit for the game being in names and sold out and all that. But (laughs) I mean, Iowa looked really good against Indiana. Like you said, they had a uh, Penix just all sorts of discombobulated and made some terrible decisions and bad throws. And, you know, Iowa just is able to capitalize on those kind of mistakes and they really made Indiana pay for those. And I don't know if Iowa state's found their groove yet this year. And, you know, they, they still may be making a few of those mistakes. And I think that's going to lead to trouble for them. I think, I think the wrong team is favored in this personally. So. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Rob, um, after our prediction show, and I, I said that Iowa looks like a, a good eight and four team, uh, which is about what they typically would would be. I got some flack from some of our um, Iowa buddies. Um, and you know what? I mean, I, there was a chance they could have started the 0 and 2 with a ranked Indiana opponent and a ranked Iowa State. But they also have the chance now to, to flip that and go 2 and 0. And have two kind of marquee victories out of the gate. Do uh, you think the Hawkeyes are going to get it done? Well, look, Hawkeye Matt. All right, here here's the deal with that one. I don't think Iowa was so much as good as everyone wants to make them out to be. As Indiana just looked worse than what everyone expected them to be. Um, I think that's really that's my take on that. Um, I'm not saying Iowa is a bad team. Don't get all you all panties in a bunch or whatever it is you want to call it (laughs) but um i'm still taking iowa state at four and a half here i think that's a great line um you know iowa state i have a feeling i was just looking at everything coming from their fans Mm -hmm. listening to guys like jeffrey the greek out there um they're just cocky about it right 
they they're cocky they've won what five in a row here this is this like you said david it, that's true it is the first time that they've ever been ranked at the same time playing this and they're both in the top 10 i think iowa's number 10 iowa state's number nine um so this is a big deal but i think iowa state shows up at home four and a half is is a great number to take iowa state at i also think this game is going to go over 45 um i would have i mean that's a great over um man only 45 for this team for this game is it confuses me i i thought it would have been more in the 50s so i would take both i would you know if you could um yeah four All and right. a half is a great okay one. yeah no I, I think the over under is just more indicative of of what these teams uh would typically do in the sense that they both are kind of uh you know pound and ground run-based offenses iowa state loves to, to run the ball iowa does too I, I, I mean, Iowa seems to be scoring a lot of points, though, um, lately. So, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I could see that over 46. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to put money on this game or not uh, because I was really impressed with Iowa last week. I don't know if it was just Indiana. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you don't want to overreact uh, from a week one. So I'm going to be, be pretty cautious on this one. Yeah, Penix was coming back from a season-ending injury last year, yep. right? So, I mean – I, like I said, I think it was more Indiana was not as good as people expected them to be more than it was Iowa is that good. All right. Well, let, let's find out. Um, all right. Well, uh, we have two night games uh, on the slate. Uh, first one is uh, Wisconsin trying to bounce back from that loss to Penn State at home versus Eastern Michigan. Um, Boomer, remind me what Eastern Michigan is mascot wise. Are they like the, uh, are they the Eagles? Eagles, right. yeah, that sounds right. Me and uh, me and hockey actually uh, stopped by Eastern Michigan's uh, campus and saw the gray field. Uh, it's like eight miles outside of Ann Arbor. It's ridiculously close. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Wisconsin favored by twenty six, over under fifty two. That gives you an indication of what they think of Eastern Michigan. Um, do you think Wisconsin uh, bounces back big time with a, a big win? Boomer? Uh, yeah, I mean, they should. Um, they had plenty of opportunities against Penn State and just kept blowing it in the red zone. Um, this is probably similar to kind of the game we had against Fordham. It's a chance for you to kind of bounce back a little and, and do better. Uh, we'll just see kind of how hungover they are from that game and, you know, kind of peeved Wisconsin is. You know, whether they're still going to kind of be sleepy to start the game or whether they come out, you know, on fire trying to reset their season. But uh, and not a game I, I love putting a bunch of money on because you never know in these kind of games, like you said, if they're going to come out and how they'll look and if it's a slow start again or if they'll start converting. I mean, Wisconsin students yeah. won't be there till the second quarter. Well, that's um, true. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so if yeah, not Michigan a game I throw a ton of money on. So just you never know those Mac games. Yeah, I, I'd probably avoid this one as well. Uh, all right, uh, last one on the slate for the Big Ten is a marquee matchup, or at least one that should have been. Um, Washington uh, trying to bounce back from their upset um, last week to uh, Montana uh, against Michigan. Michigan favored by seven, over under 48 and a half. And... Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of like this number. I've seen it at six and a half as well. I might, you know, jump on that one. Uh, Rob, you thinking Wolverines here? Yeah, I, 
this was a game I think early in the beginning of the season. I said Washington was um, going to win this game, um, and I'm you know what I I'm going to stick with it. I still think Washington is going to beat Michigan really? in this game. I do. Um, and what did you earlier, see from Washington last week that gives you any any indication that they can they can score against any any Power Five team? I mean, their quarterback play was atrocious. Well, hey, they weren't know. held out by a Power Five team last week, Dave. So keep that in mind. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I like I said, I said it earlier in the season, and I'm just gonna have to stick with it here again. I'm not betting on this game, so. You know, I picked Washington to win this game against Michigan, and I'm sticking with it. All right. All right. Well, I mean, I, I might take Michigan at six and a half. Boomer, what do you think? Yeah, I after watching the first two weeks, I sure Michigan played one of the directional schools, but I think they've got some kind of offense. I mean, Montana's no slouch. Don't get us wrong. I mean, we kind of poked fun at him a few seconds ago. Yeah, but sure. I mean, they're a solid FCS team, but geez, Washington, you've got to perform better than that, you know, especially with the season that you had, you know hopes for it but uh sure yeah I, that's a game i could see michigan winning by you know seven like if you can get it at six and a half i'd feel good at that i'm kind of surprised all the money went as far as it did i think it opened at minus one for michigan but definitely wow yeah the consensus is definitely in michigan's way so if you're a contrarian better and has your chance for to go washington but just based on the week one performance and what you know i, I think michigan's the the better play here so. yeah i guess you, Rob, you guys are actually... probably you guys are probably right but I said what I said earlier, <laughs> like two shows ago. And if I go back on it now, you know, I just, I, I want to be a man of my word because that's just who I am as a person. All right, Rob, <laughs> uh, go down with the ship. That sounds good. All right, guys. Uh, well, that's, that's the big 10 slate. Obviously we've already talked about Nebraska and Buffalo. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, Nebraska does cover that. That'd make it a lot, a lot funner Saturday. But um, that's a that's a pretty pretty accurate spread in my opinion. Um, I probably would avoid that. But uh, hey, if you want to put money on them, go for it. All right, guys, let's move our attention to the rest of the college football landscape and get our best bets out. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's uh, have uh, producer Skip has has given me his best bets of the week. Uh, so let's uh, work off of that and. If you like any of these games that he uh, lay, lays out, uh, why don't you uh, jump on those and, and we'll go from there, all right? Uh, first bet that Skip has identified is, is an interesting one. He's got a little bit of the holy war going on here. We have Utah versus BYU, and Utah is favored by seven. He says Utah with a way more experience than BYU, who has lost a ton of production from last season, he is taking Utah uh, to cover those seven points. Anybody else like that one? Yeah, uh, that was one of my picks of the week too. It's, this is, you know, that's now a standing. It's one of my favorites, you know, non big 10 rivalry games. If you've never watched on TV and, or, you know, peruse the message boards, these are two fan bases that they, they really don't each like other. each other all that much. They yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it can be pretty vicious. Some of the signs you see in the stands here are well worth the entertainment value alone. <laughs> and uh, no, it, it's a fun game to watch. And, you can, I think you can get this still at Utah at six and a half on FanDuel. And I think Utah's just got more, well, like Skip said, they've got more returning. They've got a big defensive line. They played pretty well against Weber State. You know, they've got, I think, a transfer from what Baylor, I think, is playing as the quarterback. Yeah, Brewer. Right? So, yeah. Brewer. So they've got the pieces, I think. BYU's 
yeah, just replacing a lot, and I don't think they've quite hit their stride yet. And they'll be distracted with their Big 12 application, trying to fill that out all week. So <laughs> I'll definitely take that. Paperwork Utah is the, the worst, really. Utah minus six and a half, especially if you can get it at that, still at FanDuel. Take that and enjoy that one. So. All right, sounds good. Boomer, uh, you have any other bets you want to lay out there since uh, you got the board? I'd say we had Utah at six and a half. We had Rutgers at minus two. Uh, one, I just thought possibly just to mix things up a little. And I got Tennessee at Pitt this weekend. I've been going back and forth on this. And you know what? Let's say Tennessee at plus three and a half. I think they can, if they don't win that outright close, I think they can keep that under a field goal. So just for fun. That's intriguing. I looked at that game as well, but I'm actually, I'm going to take the under in that game. Um, I I just don't see those, those teams putting up a lot of points. The under's at 57. Uh, So I will be putting money down on, the under with Pitt versus Tennessee. So that's, yeah, I think that's a good play on that game too. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else, Boomer? No, those were my main ones this week. So. All right. Good. Well, let's go back to producer Skip's list. Uh, next one he has down NC State covering the two and a half versus Mississippi State. Um, he says, I think NC State is one of the most underrated teams in the country. And I kind of tend to agree with him here. I mean, I think uh, Mississippi State struggled. Uh, last week, I forget who in the heck they were playing, but it, it, it was not a one of the Louisiana schools. I want to say, um, not not a, a vintage Mike Leach performance offensively. Uh, I think NC State's a pretty pretty complete ACC team overall, so I like that bet as as well. Um, you know, while I, while I've got the board, I'll, I'll throw another one out there. I've already mentioned Ohio State at fourteen, and I already mentioned that. Uh, hit Tennessee under at 57. I'm also taking the Rutgers. I found it at one and a half, but if you can get it at two, that's okay as well. Um, and uh, I also like the, the Michigan at six and a half. So those are, those are my bets plus the NC state at two and a half. So um, most of mine have already been laid out there, but I think those are, are pretty solid uh, ones to, to take. Um, Rob, uh, we already chatted about this Iowa State game. Uh, this is one that Skip is taking the Hawkeyes plus four and a half. And he says, sadly, Cinderella teams with lots of preseason hype never work out. Ride the sad negative wave as they don't get it done here. So he's saying that the clones will not uh, break the, the streak. The Hawks will keep it going. Um, but you, you think uh, Iowa State might get it done, huh? I do. I think Iowa State's going to get done. I would not classify them as like a preseason Cinderella or anything like that. I mean, it's not like they're U, uh, University of North Carolina or anything like that. So, <laughs> Ooh. so you know, that was for me, UNC, um, the, the, the other UNC, not my UNC, which is just six blocks up the street here in Northern Colorado, um, who lost to uh colorado last week but um yeah unc unc losing to west virginia i i thought that was just virginia tech oh virginia tech i'm sorry i you know virginia whatever it's virginia like it's even relevant at all anyway um those two states anyway um (laughs) well they were one state um, they, before they, they, the yeah. Civil War, I'll give you that. I mean, I, I hey, I'll give them credit. At least they got it right and named it West Virginia because they're Virginians. They could have easily screwed up and called it East Virginia on accident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Iowa State's a Cinderella team. I think that they're going to fulfill the expectations that everyone expects them to fulfill this year. Um, you know, and I, and that's going to be it. And, and this is one of those times when, you know, last week I listened to Skip a couple of times and he got it wrong. And this is another one where he's going to get it wrong. All right. All right. Well, uh, in that case, what else you got for me, buddy? Well, you know, I was looking through a bunch of games. I'm actually looking at Wyoming at minus seven over um, Northern Illinois. I like that game. Um, you know, it's at Northern Illinois, so there's no altitude to take into effect there. But um, I don't know. I always enjoy watching Wyoming play. And, uh, you know, Northern Illinois, I don't think is going to be a formidable, formidable opponent for them. So um, taking them. And then the other game, too, that I am looking at, which I'll just keep rolling with it because I did it last year. I'm taking uh, Coastal Carolina to cover against Kansas at minus 25. Um, Kansas, yes, coming off their first win in like 15 years. Congratulations. <laughs> um, you know, their student, their students uh, stormed the field there in, in uh, Lawrence. And that was really ridiculous. Quite frankly, you guys should be embarrassed of yourself um it beats south dakota around come on oh my yeah (laughs) good job Uh, you can't see it betcasters but i'm giving a thumbs up right now um yeah so i'm going to take coastal carolina um i did watch coastal carolina play last week and they look good they're a good team so i think they will easily cover against kansas yeah no i could see that i I might put some money on that one i might buy it down a little bit riding the riding the wave against kansas again Boomer, you had a uh, win total of bet on Kansas. Uh, what was that? Because uh, I did. They already... the, the, their over-under that you could get was one. So I'm at a push already. It's just <laughs> just pure fun from here on out. Just hoping for that one team to fall asleep against the Jayhawks or maybe, you know, have half the team out for academic issues or something and slide in with that win number two. So it's just free money from here on out. Either get the Congratulations, bet back or... Boomer. So there we go. Thanks, Kansas. So that maybe that's why all the students were out celebrating, Rob. They all put that bet down and (laughs) they all know we're good at least. So that's right. That's right. All right, guys. Well, uh, a lot of fun. It was fun having Honky on the show. Um, And I think we have some good bets out there. Um, Good luck to all the uh, bet casters with their uh, gambling luck this week. And for now, let's call that a Go Big Betcast. Go Big Red. Thank you.